Hello and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast, where we like to discuss all things championship football and, of course, our beloved Birmingham City. Uh, it's been a while uh, since we sat down to record. We've both been mega busy over Christmas, working, uh, seeing family. I don't know where the time goes. Uh, there's all these complications going on with COVID. There's Some teams have managed to play their games, some teams haven't. Um, we are going to do our best on today's episode to sort of touch base figure out where uh, certain teams are in the table, how they're sort of going in terms of form. Um, and then looking at the January transfer window, of course, uh, and what Birmingham uh, might need to do. There have been some departures confirmed already. Uh, we're sure there will be some more, uh, but we need to get some some names in. We need to get some people through the door. So we'll be speculating and discussing all of that later in the show. But before we begin, I must introduce my co-host, Joe. Joe, how are you? You feeling good? I'm feeling all right, mate. A little bit run down, a little bit worn yeah. out. You've been very busy, haven't you? Super busy. But uh, yeah, just uh, looking forward to actually finally doing another show. It feels like it's been feels like it's been forever. Yeah, it, it's, it's been a while. But I also think that um, in a way, it's quite nice for us to touch base after a bit of a, a mad period, after mm. a couple of weeks when there have been some postponements and and uh, some but some teams have been playing. So it's, I think it's good for us to have a show where we can touch base um, yeah, and we can can start to look at uh, how the, the second half of the season is going to shape up. Uh, but so, without further ado, we'll go to our intro jingle, and we'll get straight into it after this. So let's get into it then. We're going to go straight into one of the fixtures that was played last night. So this was Blackpool uh, that hosted Middlesbrough. And my word, uh, Middlesbrough are absolutely flying. It was a 2-1 win for Chris Wilder's men. They're in fantastic form, um, but it was a dramatic finish. They were 1-0 up uh, with in, when injury time began at Middlesbrough. And the home side equalised through Lavery in the 91st minute, only for Duncan Watmore in the 93rd to snatch a winner. It's quite a dramatic finale there. Um, and I think a really impressive way to, to get a win, uh, you know, to be pegged back by a late equaliser away from home, you, you know, lots of teams would probably think, well, okay, we'll settle. But they, they pushed on and got, got a vital winner there. Those extra two points could be huge for Middlesbrough. Um, and we know there are a lot of postponements up and down the league in terms of fixtures elsewhere. But for now, Middlesbrough are in the playoffs. They're in fifth after this win. They've played 25. They're on 39 points. Four points clear of QPR in seventh. However, QPR do have three games in hand, we should mention. Um, but it's, no, a big, big win. Um, and fair play to Duncan Watmore as well, who has had some serious injuries in his time. And to come back and do, to be performing uh, at a level that I always thought he would do, um, you know, he impressed so much at Sunderland. Um, to come back and to be playing at this level in Middlesbrough, he could well be playing in the Premier League by the end of the uh, by the end of the season or next our next season, I should say. He's quite a talented player uh, and quite a uh, quite a return to form for him. What did you make of this one, Joe? Well, I, I didn't watch the game uh, to be honest, and to, well, if I'm completely honest, I haven't kept as much up with the football during this whole COVID pandemic. Uh, this little the, well, the the mini. Uh, Inflammation, shall we? Whatever say. we're finding ourselves in now, well, uh, the Omicron yeah, this, this weird, this yeah. Omicron, this weird Omicron bit. That's the that's it. Yeah. So I haven't kept as much up with the championship as mm. maybe I should have, being what it is that we do. Um, but I'm pleasantly surprised by Middlesbrough and the Chris Wilder era has certainly uh, shot to prominence mm. out of out of almost nowhere. Uh, they were they were very middling. Uh, even you know, even with Warnock and just after Warnock, with the start of Wilder's tenure, certainly didn't start the way they would have wanted it to. No. But um, they have they've shocked into life a couple of very good performances over the last few weeks. You know, quite notably against Bournemouth. Mm. Thing is, uh, it would probably be the main one that you'd look at. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, beating Nottingham Forest isn't an easy thing to do. No. At the moment, and they've done it comfortably yeah. two 0 Mm. Um, a nil-nil draw with Stoke is probably their worst performance over the last few weeks, mm. uh, and also, of course, beating Swansea, which I believe we've already covered on a lot on a previous show. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
anyway, so Middlesbrough are looking good and they're also looking very, very close to adding some more attacking threat, which would probably be looking at some of their results. They are by one goal or two mm, goals. Yeah. Um, they probably do need someone who can put the ball in the back of the net a lot more consistently. Yeah. And I think they might have found it, at least on loan, from Brighton Hove Albion. And Aaron Connolly looked very, very close mm. to joining Middlesbrough. If it's not already a done deal, then it could be by the mm. time we put this out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that what do you think about like the a, move? Yeah, I think that's a great, a great signing. Uh, I was very impressed with him from what I saw at Brighton. Clearly, it isn't getting the minutes that, that he wants there. Um, behind so Welbs. Behind Wells, that guy Wells, what can you do? You know, late equalizers against Chelsea. You're not gonna you're not gonna dethrone that guy Welbs, are you? You can't, uh, <laughs> you can't do it. He is the king. Um, but no, it's it looks like a great move for the player and, and for Middlesbrough. Um, he scored eight goals for Brighton, he's a Republic of Ireland international. So, you know, this is a player that has some experience already. Um, yeah, I mean, 16 points out of their last 18 Middlesbrough, and now they're adding this attacking quality on top of that. A team to watch, I think, the rest of the season. Um, I think they're a bit frightening, to be honest. Definitely. I definitely agree. A team who we thought were going to be frightening, though, mm. uh, but seemed to be a little bit a little bit more tame. Uh, we weren't <laughs> expecting that from Warnock's Middlesbrough, were we? We were expecting a bit more of that sort of, you know... Of course, yeah, of course. But, you know, we, they, they've turned... They've almost done it in reverse. You'd expect mm. them to start really well yeah. and fade away. But they... Mm. they to be fair to the Middles report, they appointed the right man by the looks of it, and it looks like they've got it right. And if they can bring in a couple of players uh, in in January that, that Wilder wants, uh, there's no reason why they couldn't stay. I know they've got games and they've, they've played more games than mm, yeah. the likes of QPR, but there's no reason why they couldn't stay up and about it and Absolutely. Who knows what happens in this league? Absolutely. They're in the mix now, well and truly in the mix. And, and yeah, they're making the Absolutely right moves in, in the market. So yeah, I think they're, they're definitely a big part of that playoff conversation now. They're not even that far off automatics, but we can't... They're not. not well, they're not far off it <laughs> at all. But, you know, the teams ahead of them, you look at, you look at you know, Fulham and Bournemouth and Blackburn and West Brom. You can, yeah. It would be I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting carried away as always. It would be a monumental task. I'm getting carried away. Just a tad, just a tad. <laughs> but uh, talking of teams that started well mm. and then faded away. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. <laughs> it's time to talk about Coventry, who have dropped <laughs> all the way down to 10. <laughs> you're, taking so much, you're taking so much pleasure in this. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, they haven't won in their last five. Um Maybe even more than that. I think it's their last five. And last night, they lost to uh, to Millwall uh, due to a 79-minute Tom Bradshaw goal. Uh, and that home fortress, the CBS Arena, has really turned into, uh, well, not a fortress anymore. No. I was going to kind of try to think of a nice analogy, but I'm too excited. I can't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's uh, yeah, it, it's they've been in poor form. The last time they won a game was at the very start of November, um, well, the sixth of November. So they're really struggling. They have had a couple of postponements in December, uh, Coventry, but yeah, they are. I mean, a river, mate. As it as it stands, they are. Uh, yeah, they're they're in a bit of free fall. Um, you perhaps would argue that they're settling into a position in the table that we would have expected. That sort of mid-table, perhaps a little bit lower than that. That's perhaps what we would relegation. have expected. <laughs> well, we know about you. Uh, and I still expect it, to be honest. I think they'll finish below Derby. The way Derby <laughs> well, are playing at well, the moment. Well, I know, yeah. Bloody hell, Derby <laughs> just don't know when to give up, do they? Um, fair play to them. We'll talk about them in a little bit more detail shortly. Um, but no, Coventry uh, in a bit of a rut at the moment. Uh, and they've got to get try to get themselves out of it. Millwall, on the other hand, are starting to show one or two signs. Um, you know, they got a, they obviously at the very start of the month they beat us, Blues, uh, which we don't want to talk too much about. Um, they then lost to Peterborough, which is a concern, but they've bounced back with this win at Coventry after a few postponements. Uh, so they're a bit of a mixed bag, but they are showing one or two signs, Millwall, that, that they've got that, uh, as I've talked about previously, tight games, um, but with, with when they get chances, they tend to be quite clinical. Um, you know, they're in 11th and 33 points. Still behind Coventry, we should mention, but the two teams have got slightly different form uh, on the go. I think Millwall, Millwall will, will still harbour chances of a playoff push and, and maybe wants to watch. Gary Rowett will know exactly the kind of players he wants in January. He was very good at recruitment at Blues, didn't spend much money, 
while he was here, partly because of the owners. But yeah, I don't, really think I don't think that was by choice. <laughs> no, no. But he, but he was honestly very, very good at finding um, players on the cheap and players that could do a job. And I, I think he'll, he'll add one or two in in, Mil, uh, in January for Millwall. And yeah, it's going to be really. I hope so. I think I'm kind of. I'm kind of. You know, I know that we do this. We 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 talked about this at the start of the season. Um, obviously, we we follow Blues, but that we always like to pick out these teams that you kind of wouldn't have expected to be where they are. Yeah, the you know that are performing really well or playing really nice football. Mm. Um, and for me, I, I'm I'm back it like like similarly to Stoke, like we said at the start of the season, because I was a huge fan of the way Stoke started. Mm. Uh, they faced Derby County tonight, uh, but Millwall, I really am enjoying Millwall at the moment, and I. I just want them to get to the Premier League so badly because I want the guarantee of a, two Millwall-West Ham games in the season. Mm. I want that guarantee. And mm. West Ham, although in the Premier League, West Ham are actually, they're, they're struggling at the moment. Um, yeah. But uh, they don't look like they're going to get relegated anytime soon. So it's more like, and the way Millwall are playing, it's more likely Millwall will come up rather than West Ham coming down, mm. which seems really bizarre to say. Imagine saying that two yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be but, a great derby in the Premier League, wouldn't oh, it? Oh yeah, That's absolutely. Amazing. I mean, it would it would be. I mean, instantly it would become the biggest derby in the Premier League. I think mm. it would be like I know there are obviously you know the history of Man United, Liverpool, the Tottenham, Arsenal, but the just it, for me a rivalry is about the fans. Yeah, the, That's the, why the rivalry be fierce, between the Blues it would be rivalry. it would be absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. The scenes there would be immense. I would not want to go anywhere near it for fear of getting stabbed. <laughs> um, it, it's like that's what, and for me, this is something that maybe we, we've never talked about on the show. But rivalries are more about how fans feel about another club rather than you know anything else. So you know, you mm. think about the the Man City Man United rivalry isn't even much of a. It's just local, but yeah. the fans don't hate each other. You don't get the banter between a Man City and a Man United fan mm. that you do between a Tottenham fan and an Arsenal fan, yeah, or that you would yeah. between a West Ham fan and a Millwall fan, or mm. a Blues fan, and a Villa fan. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I don't think there's much of a rivalry between Blues and West Brom or Blues mm. and Wolves. That's probably true. Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely because you don't get the fan. You get, you yeah. don't get the fan interaction no. with the Blues Villa, mm. and that's why we need Villa to either get relegated or Blues Ideally. to get promoted. Ideally, either one would be ideal. I mean, I'd rather a Blues be in the Premier League, obviously. Of but, course, we'd rather Blues be in the Premier League. But it just seems doesn't seem like it's going to happen for some time. Do you know what? Actually, no. I I like I like the Championship, best league in the world, isn't it? Best it it world. is a bloody brilliant league. I mean, it's so unpredictable, especially when and, we're getting and, all these postponements. Well, you, you know, it's it's unpredict exactly what you're saying. It's unpredictable now. Like it's unpredictable anyway. Anything mm. can happen in this league. Now you chuck in all of the uncertainty with some postponements, some not being postponed. Uh, more injuries, players getting COVID, mm. different recovery uh, lines from COVID. Like from our own point of view, we saw how badly Neil Lethridge mm. was with it and, and how long it took him to come back. And now mm. he's been displaced. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it's added another layer of uncertainty mm. it has, to it has. what is already an unpredictable league. Mm. This this table could finish anything. Like it really yeah. could. Yeah. I, I, I still believe that, you know, you look at who's in the in the top six now you look at Huddersfield sneaking into sixth at the moment mm. I, I think Huddersfield could still finish down in 14th yeah. you know down all the way down in 14th 15th just mm. you know it, it's it's crazy it is just it absolutely is, crazy at the moment it is really really tight but but you're absolutely right you know uh, for a lot of people football is about those rivalries isn't it and I think um you know just just to add to your point about that um <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Down the years, you know, the 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 rivalry between Blues and Villa. That yes, there are bigger clubs and more successful clubs out there uh, that might have more trophies, whatever. I mean, Villa have got their own very storied history and, and were were stalwarts in in Europe. We know about that. Hey, uh, Birmingham have won a trophy fairly recently. <laughs> more <laughs> but, recently than Villa. More well, recently true, than Villa. True. Very true. Um, more recently but, than Tottenham. I think you're, yeah. I think yeah, you're absolutely right. It is about that that sort of the feeling between the fans, and of course, we would never encourage like aggression and violence. No aggression, like like we'll, we can throw back to like that stupid blues fan that ran on the pitch and punched yeah. Jack Grealish in the back of the head. That's yeah. just ridiculous. The mm. when rival, that's like a rivalry going way too far. Yeah, yeah. The point is like getting angry at football is fine, but if you're mm. getting angry at another team. That's not really the way it works. You need mm. to get angry at your own team for not being... Because mm. I think football fans have a history of being very fickle. Yeah. Um, and I think Blues fans are certainly no exception. Mm. Um, 
but when another team plays better than you, you have to, it doesn't matter who they are. And I, I've been guilty of it as well, you know, growing up following Tottenham, when Chelsea were all, always playing better than us, or Arsenal were always mm. playing better than us. You know, it's easy to get angry at them other teams. And it's, it's mostly a jealousy, to be honest. Mm, yeah. But you've got to hold your hands up and say, they're the better team. You know, but then that also leads to, you know, suddenly you, you get a good result against them. And it feels like it feels like the best day of your mm, life yeah, the, in yeah. the moment. You know, mm, mm. I, I think back to when Spurs drew five all or four all with Arsenal from four one down. Mm. Something like that. Tremaine Gina scored a last-minute winner, and <laughs> I, I, I actually remember I was actually in a caravan at the time in, um, uh, or where was I? Somewhere in Essex, Clacton, uh, for some reason. And um, <laughs> so called child service is bloody. Hell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that that was my holiday. Bloody hell! <laughs> it's right. I've got Lanzarote book next year. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it was just, but it's crazy to think that that I look at that now and I think that was just a draw against Arsenal. Now, if we don't beat Arsenal, I'm disappointed. Mm, yeah. Anyway, but that, that's our little rivalry section that we're yeah, no, it's, 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 it's an interesting thing to talk about, definitely. And, and you're absolutely right. It's it's interesting to think about the fact that Millwall are going well. I mean, they've still got some way to go, maybe for the playoffs, but it would be amazing to see them uh, host and then travel to West Ham uh, for some some big derbies in the in the Premier Absolutely, right? absolutely. That would be great. And talking Moving of on, derbies, go for it, go Derby for County, it. Derby um, County. Every game they play is a derby. Technically, well, of sorts, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they face Stoke City tonight. Yes. Um, but we want to talk about their current form. Yes. Because they just won't die, will they? They don't really know when to give up. It's two wins on the bounce for them. One over Blackpool uh, on the 11th. Then they had a game against Cardiff postponed. But on Monday night, a few days ago, um, they hosted West Brom and beat West Brom 1-0, which is a, a bloody brilliant result. That's a huge result. <laughs> um, West Brom, again, the problems that we've talked about numerous times seem toothless. They're creating chances, but they can't take them. There's, it's, it's, or, or it's the final ball. It's, they, they need something desperately in January, West Brom. We've talked about it a lot on the pod, that they don't seem to have that same cutting edge as the likes of Fulham, who will score for fun, but also concede for fun, apparently, uh, and Bournemouth. <laughs> And Bournemouth, who seem to have that bit of quality up top, West Brom desperately needed, but don't want to take anything away from Derby. Um, you know, no, no, definitely not. They may, you know, yeah. before before this game started, they were on four points, and the and you know, as we've said again, I know we're repeating ourselves a lot. The players are doing a fantastic job of putting themselves in that shot window and saying, "Look, I, you know, exactly I, I don't it. want to be playing in League One next season. I want to show other teams that I can play at this level." And a lot of them are doing just that. There will be teams like Birmingham. We'll be looking at one or two derby players thinking, well, if when they go down, we need to we need to move for that player because they can clearly perform at this level. Um well there'll certainly be not a few nice players, to talk about, but well there'll be a few works. players there, you know, where there'll be teams that will easily be able to exploit the fact that Derby have got their, their financial woes. Yeah. And there could be a few, a few, you know, January moves for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and 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 none more the less, I'd say. Then, uh, then Colin Cousin Richards, mm, yeah. 35 years old, at least 35 yeah. years old, yeah. experienced. He was actually born around the corner from me. Oh, really? Uh, he was born <laughs> in Leytonstone, which is ah. literally about three three stops on the tube from, ah, where, right. I, from where I live. Um, he actually plays for the Turkish national team or has played for the Turkish national team, apparently. Yeah, I, I saw um, that. wasn't expecting which that, which is kind of kind of crazy. Um, anyway, silly Colin. But it's players like him, silly Colin. <laughs> but, but, but we could like, we could easily use a player like uh, like 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 Kazan Richards, you know, for for six months. You just Sign get him on a year. Tom Lawrence in. I know that'd be expensive. Get Tom but, Lawrence. Tom forget, Lawrence. Forget is, all the other clubs that are going to be after him. Just get him in. Do you know what? I quite like um, I quite like uh, the look of young Louis Sibley. Yeah, Sibley. He's, he's good. He scored a, a couple of. I think it was a couple of goals against us the last towards the end of last season. He's a good little player, quite young. Again, he's young and quite good. He's probably a good asset for Derby. Yeah, but do you, know, and do you know where he was born? He was born... I've got absolutely no idea. He was born in Birmingham. He was born in Birmingham? Oh, he I, bet he's, Birmingham. I bet he's from a family of Villa fans, isn't he? They normally are. Joe, I'll, Joe shall, I, shall I look it up? I'll have a little look. <laughs> I'll have a little look here. Well, see what's, see what's going on. normally the case. It's like Joe Lolly. 
Joe Lolly at Forest. <laughs> yeah, Joe Lolly. Who's uh, obviously Twilight. a Villa fan. And I think he's from a family of Villa fans, hence why he's a Villa fan. It he always sense. scores against us. And it's just like, you, you know. Don't get, I mean, there's not, I mean, the only like Blues fans that tend to come up to the, like the come up that I can remember, uh, Drew Bellingham and, and his brother yeah. Job. They're like obviously Birmingham fans. Um, yeah, yeah, I actually have no idea. I, I, I mean, I it's not the happened. end of the world. It's, it's, it's an interesting one to think about, but I think he'll fetch. He'll be a bit pricier simply because he's on the younger side. Well, um, he's only twenty. He's only twenty. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, okay. Well, it says he was actually Birmingham. born in Burton upon Trent, but somewhere else it says he was born in Birmingham, England. Conflicting reports on the where's Bur- where is Burton? Well, Burton's, Burton's not far from Birmingham, but it's, it's maybe not maybe maybe or oh, maybe transfer marks are just like. Just lumped it all into one, but like, yeah, Birmingham will do. There's amateurs over at transfer marks, unbelievable. Unless they want to sponsor us, in which case they're very professional. In which case, we would love to do some work with you. Please do get in touch. Absolutely, please, please contact us. I know that we, we shouldn't really be doing this because we should be complimenting Derby's performance. But I'm looking through their squad now, like like vultures. We're looking at like, their yeah, squad. Thinking, like, oh, I, I love him. I love it. It's like a going going to going to a Chinese restaurant. So I'll take a number seventeen. <laughs> I'll take a. I'll take number six. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is a bit like that. I think uh, I quite like the look of Graham Shinney, actually. I think we should try to get him. And he's he's, he's 30, so he's, he's on the older side. But, but he can play in that, like, a slightly more advanced midfield role, well, we're maybe. Thinking of, well, uh, well, apparently we're looking at fullbacks as well, aren't we? We're looking at yeah. the... Um, yeah. I know we're not, on the, we're not on the blue section yet. We can maybe go to more depth. To we can go to more depth. We'll go into, so but when we go into it, we'll go into more depth in the blue section because mm. we will cover some teams, uh, some players that we that we think might... Might be more obtainable, yeah, for more Blues, realistic think, for us to um, try to go for, yeah. Uh, certainly by both position out of necessity and you know, in terms of monetary value, yeah, um, definitely. But, but let's think, so let's briefly move on, yeah, yeah. I think we've just got a couple more games that we should mention before we move on to the Blues section. Um, let's talk about Blackburn because they are absolutely flying. Um, Ben Brereton Diaz is just an absolute monster. He is, um, and he has become uh, the, fir- the the fastest player other than one to score 20 league goals for Blackburn in, in a season. He's done it the fastest. He's done it the second fastest. Oh, Who right. done it faster? Any idea? Any idea? Well, is it, presumably it's Alan Shearer. Or... It's Alan Shearer. Of course it's Alan Shearer. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's, that's kind of incredible. It's scary, actually. <laughs> and, I, you know, his form... He's, he's sort of come out of nowhere, really, because, you know, his numbers at Forest, he was a young striker, he still is young, but he's, 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 his form has exploded. Like, he's, he's not progressed. Yeah, but before, like... the reason for that, as we know, is because before he was just Ben Diaz. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't, there was no Diaz. Yeah, exactly. It was just Ben Brereton. He's got the he's got the extra bit of foreign flair now. He's got the he? flair. He's got the South yeah. American touch. That's it. Yeah, the, the cultured finishing, the cultured touch. Yeah, it sounds a bit dodgy. Cultured touch. I don't really like that. <laughs> uh, I, I, I um, it's, I'm just looking at their form though, Blackburn. It is outrageous. I mean, they, the last time they lost a game, and this is why the championship is crazy again. The last time they lost a game was at the very start of November. They lost seven nil at home to Fulham. <laughs> Since then, they've won, drawn, won, 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 won. So they, they've, they, you know, since then they've drawn one game and won all of the others. Uh, it's but, absolutely also, ridiculous. Luckily, luckily for that, so they're currently level on points with Fulham. Fulham have a game in hand. Yeah. Luckily for Blackburn, that game in hand is against the mighty Birmingham City. Oh, mate. So Blackburn, mate. Are, Blackburn are joint second as far as I'm concerned. That is, yeah. Well, that's it. That's all right. Off the might as well just, like, turn that... The only thing that goes against them is the goal by. difference because... Theirs is currently at positive 15, while Fulham's is at positive 32. <laughs> that is crazy. Plus 32. Is this one of your FIFA career modes? What's going on? 51 goals in 23 games. That is outrageous. They've, they've scored the most goals and conceded the least. They've also conceded only 19, which, well, because we say they've got a leaky defence, but actually they don't. They've got the best defence in the league. Oh God! It's just a leaky league in general, isn't it? It there's, is. You know... It's just there's so much attacking talent in this oh, league, mate, mate. You just can't, you just can't contain it. But um, okay, so we're on the topic of the of 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 the top teams, okay? Yeah. We're, so, Joe, what? We're just Bournemouth, Fulham, and Blackburn. When Bournemouth, Blue, and Blackburn, West Brom. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's the kind of buffer. Yeah, yeah. At the moment, right? They're the top four, and then we have got the rest. 
Mm-hmm. So one, we talked about this just before the show, and we've got zero preparation for this. Yeah. But um, a player who who each team should sign, mm. right? They have to be realistic, and they have to be able to affect the uh, affect the team. Like you can't just sign like someone who will be like maybe someone to bring in to be an impact sub, mm. someone who will shore up a defense, someone that will be more creative, something like that. So. I think mm. it, it makes sense to start with West Brom because we were we were just talking about how how they they really do need to sign someone somewhere. Yeah, they need a couple of signings really. Um, what do we think? Where do where, what do we think about West Brom? Where where do they? Yeah, where do they need to improve. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Um, um, because we're not too privy to the finances. We know that West Brom are quite. Uh, they try to be, they try to fund themselves quite responsibly. They're not a team that are going to go and spend lots of money. But they clearly need something in an, in the attacking third, if not a couple of options up there. Um, you know, they're a side that that clearly have a system in place. They can keep games tight, so I think defensively, I wouldn't be too worried. It really is just taking chances. You know, the games that they've lost recently that tend to lose, they're they're always very tight. So it's it's it is just putting those chances away. Um, yeah. In terms of actual names, it's very, very difficult. <laughs> of course, yeah, it is very difficult. It is very difficult. But f- so for me, I think I don't think the final third is as much of an issue mm. as the uh, as as the middle of the park is for me. They're very, they are very solid defensively. They've got the defensive cover that they need. They've they've got probably some of the best wing backs in the league as well. In mm. you know Townsend, Furlong. Yeah. So for me. I think they need a more someone more creative in the middle of the park. I look at their at their two central midfielders that started against Derby, right? It was uh, Jason Malumbu mm. or Malumbi and Jake Livermore. Jake Livermore, I didn't even know he was still a thing. <laughs> I thought he died about three years ago. Um, and Malumbi for me is isn't good enough for a promotion push. Personally, maybe that's harsh on the kid. Mm. Um, but I think they need a creative central midfielder to sit to sit next to one of them. Yeah. Because I also look through their squad and I can't see that. Yeah. I cannot see a central midfielder that's going to be, you know, I think it's probably the most in-demand position in the championship would be a creative central midfielder, someone to get forward uh, and, and that will, you know, break the lines and, and mm. find the likes of Dean Ganger and Roberts, uh, Robinson and uh, and all their other. I think I think they've got the players there. I think the system's the problem. Yeah, personally. it's a difficult one. Well, no, no, I've just you no know, because we we didn't really we haven't planned this show at all, and that's probably very obvious. I've just done some uh, quick googling, and and the, the sort of rumours are saying that they've been uh, they're eyeing up a move in January for either Jamie Patterson from Swansea, so a sort of centre forward that yeah. can drop in a little bit and, and sort of link the play or or they're looking at Corley Woodrow, uh, the captain at Barnsley. So they're, they're looking at central forwards, it looks like to me. Um, these are just rumours. But I think you are right there. There's something, there is something a bit more systematic at play, isn't there? I think I think because we, we talked about their squad at the start of the season, how they've got one of the best in the league. Yeah. Uh, we actually talked about them having a better squad than, than Bournemouth at the start of the season if you remember. Mm. And um, I think it is just their system. I think there's something... Don't get me wrong, look, they're fourth, in the, they're fourth in the league and they're not a million miles away from the automatic promotion play, places, you know. But mm. something isn't right. Yeah, yeah. Systematically. They are actually closer to, uh, to fifth and sixth than they are to third and second. Yeah. Anyway, moving on from West Brom. Let's go. Let, we're going to work our way up. So we'll go to Blackburn now. Mm. Bit tougher Blackburn in terms of what yeah. what they actually need. Yeah. Um, so I'm just looking at their starting their, their team for the for the game with Barnsley, right? And I I'm going to go back to what I said at the start of the season, the thing that might have held them up, and that is centre back. Mm. They need a centre back. They need. Another someone who will come in and cover for when if someone gets injured or suspended, and someone who is good enough to do that, so that another you know another seven nil to Fulham doesn't occur again because we have seen every now and again they look shaky and mm. 
having a player like Brereton Diaz is always going to help bail you out. But for me, a centre-back. So I think they should go in for it. So we know that he's for sale. They should sign Harley Dean, uh, Captain <laughs> Harley Dean. Oh, no, God. They, they definitely shouldn't do that. Um, but they should sign a centre-back for me. Mm. I, I think that a little bit of more, yeah, that, that sort of depth would be, would be handy. I think for me, they've got to, they've got to just hold on to Ben Brereton Diaz. I could see... Oh, yeah. I could see there will be a lot of interest inevitably uh, from teams in the Premier League. There will be big offers. There were rumours that a 25 million bid was, was their valuation or something earlier this week. Wasn't it? I think Southampton have actually... Um, oh, is that what it was? They, 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 they've had good... Um, they've had, obviously, they, they signed Adam Armstrong from yeah. Blackburn in the summer. So, they, so obviously, they've got some kind of relationship mm. with the board there. And to um, so that, I mean... I, I he will if if Blackburn don't get promoted this season, surely he's got to leave. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I think they they need to hold on to him with the promise of look, we need you because you know we want you on this journey with us. We think with you here we can do this, and you can play. You can represent this football club in the Premier League next season. Um, but yeah, it's difficult. There's there's. Um, Alan Shearer tweeted Ben Brereton Diaz earlier in the week saying, "Keep up your great work." So you wonder. I know that that's to do with the record. Uh, I've actually the, heard that there on that note. There's, there, there, I heard a link to Newcastle, obviously newly rich Newcastle. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, I mean, if, if you could, find... I mean, no, that, you know what? It's probably of all the ridiculous links we've seen of players to Newcastle, the likes of you know, bloody Kieran Trippier, apparently. <laughs> Is, is considering a move to Kieran Trippier is going to be playing in the championship in next the championship season. next next season. <laughs> what the what the hell is going on with that? Um, Usman Dembele as well is apparently uh, yeah. like Newcastle have approached have actually made an approach to Barcelona for Usman Dembele. He's got, he must be on such an astronomical wage. Uh, it's just so, so Usman Dembele is on two hundred thirty thousand euros a week. <laughs> Newcastle are going to try to sign players. Like, <laughs> like crazy. What the, like ha, look like. What? First of all, also imagine being Usman Dembele. You're training with Tostegan and PK and Busquets and Depay, <laughs> and then next week you're training with Kieran Clark. What about Cardano. a bit of Johnge? Love a bit of Johnge. <laughs> Callum Wilson in your life. <laughs> you know to be fair though, imagine imagine Callum Wilson having Usman Dembele and Alan Saint Maximan on the wings. He'd score twenty goals, twenty five goals a season, mate. He would, and Joe Linton box to box. Oh, mate, that is he's that was a revelation. What a player! What a player he's Where become. did that come from? Eddie Howe is actually Eddie a good Howe. manager. Eddie Howe has turned a, 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 a dog, a dog striker into one into one of the league's best central midfielders. That was it. It what? was a dominant performance. It was a dominant. It was so good. It, it was, was so, so out of nowhere. I loved it. I loved the it. fact that it was out of nowhere is the best thing. Anyway, let's talk right, about Bereton Diaz feels like a more realistic signing in a, in a sense for Newcastle. Yeah, that's that, that's the. But that, that you know, let's point. say if you're offered at this point in time, if you're offered Southampton or Newcastle, which one are you going to be more tempted to join? Because yes, Newcastle have all this money and there's going to be all these exciting signings, but they're they're in a bit of a rut. You might have to go back down before they come back up. Whereas Southampton seem to me like they're slowly now making that progress up the table. You know, I suppose it all depends on uh, on. Ben Brereton Diaz's priorities. Mm. If it's money, then he'll go to Newcastle. Yeah. If it's about taking a step in his career, mm. then he'll go to Southampton. If it's about actually trying to trying to play for a team that that could push on, then it would be Newcastle. If he's going to play the long game, mm. be like go down stat pad again in the Championship, be absolutely <laughs> ridiculous, stat and then go back. Blues. Up. Stop scoring yeah. goals against us. <laughs> but you know. Only time will tell, I suppose. Um, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? To, it is, it is. I, I, let's I, move on I, to second place, Fulham. Yeah, well, yeah, sorry. We'll just move on. I just want to say, I, I think you're probably better off, in my eyes... I think Southampton for me. Go to Southampton for a couple of seasons, because he's 22. Have a couple of seasons there. Then you're starting then, to hit the prime of your career. Exactly. Then he'll be 25 years old, and he'll go to someone like Liverpool, Man yeah, City. Exactly. You know, even move on to the continent with someone like Bayern Munich. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we chuck these names out. But it's not even ridiculous that he could play for them teams because he is that good. I, I think the levels he's hit already is... is but I tell you what, it's it. just popped into my mind, mentioned by Munich, he should go to Leeds. Because apparently Rafinha has agreed a £50 million move to Bayern Munich, mm. like-for-like replacement there, mm. and similar stepping stone into Leeds. 
obscene attacking football under Bielsa. Yeah. He let's be honest, Berton Diaz doesn't really care too much about the defending. He'll he'll get loads of opportunities to score good goals. Mm. He'll play in front of very passionate fans that will really like him, and yeah. he'll be able to take a step after that into the likes of Liverpool, top of teams on the continent, all that stuff. That would make sense. It'll move like that. Mm, I like that. I like that. Anyway, that's just out of pure speculation. Um, on to Fulham. And yes. before we say a player, because we didn't really talk about them in the roundup. Um, so let's just go back. They beat, uh, they were on a hell of a run, you know. Mm. Uh, they beat QPR 4 1, uh, Cardiff 2 0, Forest 4 0, West Brom 3 0, Blackburn 7 0, uh, squeezed past Peterborough 1 0 and beat Barnsley 4 1. But then after that, Mm. They've drawn 0-0 to Derby, 1-0 with Preston, 1-0 with Bournemouth, 1-0 with Luton. And they and mo- most recently, they've lost 1-0 to Sheffield. Mm. Yes. So, with that in mind, what do they need? Uh, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? They clearly, the goals have dried up. Um, just looking at the form book, you know... Mitrovic is not good enough anymore. <laughs> Mitrovic has dropped, dropped off, off a cliff. They perhaps need to find a, a better way to service him. Perhaps teams have started to figure out ways of cutting off the service to him. Um, they just perhaps need a, a system tweak. It might be something in midfield or out wide. Um, I think it's in midfield. I think they need uh, they need to replace. They've got Fabio uh, Carvalho. Yes. Playing in the hole at the moment. The 19-year-old Portuguese supposedly wonder kid, but I haven't really seen it. Um mm. If they if they could replace him in the hole, or if they got say a winger and then Harry Wilson went in in the hole, something like that. Um, yeah, they've, they've got like Tom, you know, Tom Kearney's done it for years in attacking midfield. Tom Kearney's not good enough for me anymore. But yeah, maybe he's slightly past it because he's, he's older than you think, is he? He's thirty now. You always look at him, think he's, he's young, but he's he's yeah, he's perhaps he's been he's been around for a long time now. Mm, mm. It's interesting, isn't it? I, I think. Bobby Reed, Harris, yeah, they've, they've got a quite, they've got good defensive midfielders, haven't they? You got Nathaniel Chaloba, uh, Jean Michael Seri, Harrison Reed. What about Josh Anoma? What's happened to him? He was at Spurs. He's is he good? Is he, is he not very good? <laughs> no, not really. There's a reason he didn't make it through at Spurs, mate. <laughs> I, I signed him. I signed him on a FIFA career years ago, and he was quite good then. That was probably yeah, when they thought the, he was going to be good. There was there was like this is every single like kid who breaks through at a club, like who gets into the first team for a pre-season, suddenly gets like a potential rating of like <laughs> at least 85. And suddenly yeah. <laughs> it's just mental. It's just mental. Mm. But uh, no, Joshua, don't get me wrong. He's, he, he can be good. He can be good. He's just, he gets injured quite easily. Mm. Um, and I just don't think there's a, there's, there comes a point where you have to, where you have to just admit that he's not going to be as good as you thought he was going to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's Josh Ronneman now. Mm. And it's interesting. I, I saw rumours earlier. Um, well, I remember it was yesterday, uh, not earlier this week. Uh, that West Ham were looking at signing Tosin Adarabio, or how you pronounce his surname, Adarabio. Tosin Adarabio. Adarabio uh, for, t- for ten million rated. Apparently, I think they've got to hold on to him. He's he's been, as you said earlier, uh, he's been part of that very strict, tight. Well, defense. if they don't if they don't hold on to him, then they'll need a centre back, and mm. there is a centre back available in January by the name of Harley Dean. <laughs> he's agent or something. He's trying to get him a move for God's sake. To be fair, he, did, he dropped me an email the other day. He said, "Joe, Joe, you got to get me a move to a to to a top team. Make it happen." <laughs> I've I spoke to my guys at Tottenham. They said they're not interested. He can come play for Alfchurch FC if he wants. Joe, you know what? I don't know if he'd start over... Him and, yeah, he wouldn't get in ahead of big Jamie Willits. That's the first time I've mentioned Alvchurch FC on the pod, I think. That is. My that local is. team. Shout out to the church boys. Up the church. Up the church. Come on, big dick. <laughs> That's a name. We don't have to censor that. That's a name. It's fine. <laughs> God. Uh... Anyway. Anyway, let's move on then. Yeah. Uh, just very quickly, we'll do Bournemouth and then we'll move on to our... Blue, what will be a shorter blue section than all. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're not playing any bloody football, have we? Exactly. Um, which, in, in some ways, is quite nice. It is. Uh, it feels, it's a weight off my shoulder. <laughs> so, Bournemouth, they need, uh, they don't really need anyone, do they? Um, They've got a good team. It's a really nice blend of, like, experience and, like, like youthfulness. Like, there such, nice. There's such good balance in the team. Maybe, maybe a... a a second striker, someone who could come into the team and cover for Dominic Solanke. Yeah, there's, um, there's yeah, that, that's it. Um, 
they they are linked with a move for Aston Villa's young striker Keenan Davis, who is rapid um, as a, as a, as another sort of option, a slightly different he's option trapped, to a Solanke. Different option to a Solanke, though. That's that's yeah, just. I'm crap. just reading out the links on Twitter. Um, yeah, he's crap though, and he's crap. There's also there is also a link with Liam Delap from Man City, but that's gone. That quiet, would that be a great move. That I I'd like us to get Liam Delap, not just so we could sub him on for long throws, other long throws. <laughs> We've got two long throwers then. Lovely jubbly. Like you know when you know when uh, when teams do free kick routines when they have two uh, two players standing over it so you don't know who's going to take it we'll yeah, do that yeah, with yeah. long throws would you be able to give one of, so they're both holding a ball they're so both they're, holding a ball yeah they're yeah both holding a ball and then one of them takes it the other one throws it, just like rows it back to the to the ball boy or the cone or something uh, it's funny you should mention that because Mark Roberts I saw a stat earlier uh, on Twitter no player has created throw. more chances without getting an assist. Than Birmingham defender Mark Roberts, twenty-two attempted long throws without getting an assist. It starts to make you wonder if it actually works, though, doesn't it? You know, if you, if you say created chance, no, no, it works. Birmingham don't. <laughs> we just don't know what to bloody put it in the net. <laughs> yeah. So Bournemouth, I think we can pretty much. They need a backup striker, probably. That's about it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, looking at the, the squad, it's got every, it's, it's got Gary Cahill at the back. Like that experience, is, it's a really nice blend of everything at Bournemouth. Uh, they need to hold on to the championship Yaya Torre, of course. Philip Billing is. Oh, the they main will. Man. He's he, Philip Billing will. Um, Philip Billing will, will sign for Manchester United. Honestly, he'll be the he'll be he'll be the pivot. He'll he would be the ideal pivot for Manchester United. I'm adamant of that. He would do a job there because McFred just isn't working. Let's face it. Well, I mean, don't be dissing Fred. <laughs> Hey, what look, a there's a good player in there somewhere. He has these odd flashes, but bloody hell, you know, as a defensive midfielder, you've got to have better organised. You've got to have more. Can I just say, can I just say, two, was it two or three years ago they signed him for like £55 million? A lot of money. From Shakhtar Donetsk? Mm. Absolute, what a waste of money that was. It's just madness, isn't it? Madness, what's going on there. They'll sign Declan Rice for 100 mil and then maybe Jude Bellingham and then they'll have the best pivot in Europe. And they won't sign there. Jude. They won't sign Jude. Jude won't go Man United. You don't think so? No, no, Jude will go Liverpool, won't he? Yeah, well, there's already been one or two rumours around that, exactly. hasn't there? Exactly. Yeah. I reckon Jude's Liverpool-bound. God, that'd be but Apparently, in a, bid to, in a bid to try and keep Jude at the club, obviously, we'll cover it more maybe in the Birmingham section, but the, apparently Dortmund have actually made an official proposal to Birmingham City for the signing of 15-year-old Job Bellingham. Go away. Just let us have him for at least one season or something. And then you can have him. You know. Well, I mean, didn't Millwall? I mean, because Millwall have already broken the record for the youngest player in the championship last night. Oh, did they? Oh, I didn't they see did that. They some, did. Some kid. I saw it on um, on Instagram. Rising Ballers FC is what they're called. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, I see it. He's got a great some, name. Well, I can't, I can't remember Zach what his name was. Lovelace. <laughs> That, yeah, that sounds, sounds like an eighties glam rock uh, rock star or something like Zach Lovelace. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, I was going to say maybe an eighties something something different from the eighties. Oh, whoa, steady now. <laughs> We're not um, that kind of part. Enough of your smut. I wasn't even alive in the eighties. Neither were you. Neither was I, mate. No, no. <laughs> <Matt. laughs> um, not that old. <laughs> Getting distracted now. So we are. So, yeah, we should just quickly mention that, yes, the table at the moment, as it stands, Bournemouth are at the top, have played 24 games. They were a point ahead of Fulham, um, but Fulham, of course, have an extra game there. They have a game in hand, so it's tight. But Blackburn are in third, also on 45 points, same as Fulham, having played uh, an additional game uh, with an inferior goal difference. So it is very, very tight at the top. West Brom have fallen away. They're four points behind Blackburn in fourth. Falling so away if, so if, if, if... If Blackburn are to go above Fulham mm. in the uh, in the table, uh, they would need Birmingham to beat Fulham. I think seventeen nil. That's that's right. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I could I could see that happening. I could see that. I, Do, mean, I mean, look, look. Troy Deeney's a Troy Deeney is the man. Of course, he is. If fancy if he fancies it, you know. Uh, and I reckon you know Sunnich will pop up with a couple of screamers if he saw at the club at the time. Do it. Do it for Riley. Do it for Riley. <laughs> well, are we going to retire Riley McGree's shirt <laughs> yeah why not go on <laughs> like we'll be like in like 10 years time everyone's going to have to have like numbers in the 80s because we've retired every shirt number. retiring the number 13 from Matthias Sarkic 
What a what I would. man. Uh, and, and just to give you an idea of what's going on in the relegation battle, uh, because, as I say, there's been a lot of cancellations. We're trying to keep track ourselves. Peterborough are in 22nd on 19 points. They've played 23 games. Barnsley are 23rd. Uh, they're five points behind in 14 uh, with 14 points, but they've played an extra game. So Barnsley in a spot of bother. Uh, Derby are still bottom, showing signs of fight, of course. Uh, seven points uh, with 23 played. They're all behind Reading, who are in 21st on 21 points. Uh, but Reading have only played 22 games. So they've got a game or maybe two games in hand if you're Barnsley. So, yeah, it's a bit of a complicated picture. Hopefully all these games, there'll be some catch-up games, um, hopefully rescheduled for sometime in January, maybe the end of January or the start of February, so that we can sort of have a better idea as to what's going on in a month's time. Because well, it's it's like the lower leagues. It's like I mentioned Alf Church FC. They get postponements all the time, you know, obviously not due to COVID, but due to weather conditions and keeping the pitches in good nick. The amount of, you look at the league sometimes, there's teams that have five or six games to play to catch up. And it, it, it creates a really weird, a very different way of looking at league football. Because like, well, bloody hell, this team, if this team goes on a run, they've got to play six games in the next three weeks. But if they go on a run and these, some of these other teams are already on the beach, you know, they're already done for the season. It, it's, it's interesting what can happen towards the end of the season when there's games in hand. So, yeah, it's worth keeping an eye on. Um, anyway, I don't know if you've got anything else you'd like to add, Joe, to that section. We've got a, a shorter blue no, section. let's move on. Just to talk about, but we're going to take a short break uh, because I need to get a glass of water. I'm very thirsty. See you all very shortly. <laughs> okay, then, let's get into the blue section of the show. I don't know why I'm starting on such a positive note, because the big news today, um, and it's the news that we are all fearing, um, the big news is that Riley McGree has been confirmed to be leaving. Uh, He is returning uh, from his loan to Charlotte FC, uh, a new MLS franchise that will be having their first season. When does the MLS season begin? Soon, isn't it? It's like February or something. Yeah, so he's he's off there now to to begin their MLS journey. Um, Make of that what you will, but I know from a Birmingham perspective, it's it's bad news. Having already lost Tahith Chung and now Riley McGree, we've we've lost two very good young players, um, both very comfortable on the ball in advanced areas. They're going to be difficult to replace. It's difficult to find someone to replace uh, McGree in particular, who over recent weeks and months became probably one of the first names to be put on the team sheet, really, on, in that first 11 section, because he was he just really came into his own and really developed, perhaps faster than than anyone had anticipated. You know, I think he'd, <laughs> weirdly, he he had adapted so quickly to championship football and started to develop so quickly, it would have been really more beneficial for him to stay until the summer, at least. But it is what it is. Um, Birmingham need to find a way to replace him. That's got to be, I think, one of our top transfer priorities. Yep. Um, I don't know if you've got anything you'd like to add or any names that we should start speculating about. Tom Lawrence. Tom Lawrence from Derby. I, honestly, if we could get it, that would be amazing. I mean, it's not going to happen, but... No, it won't happen at all. <clears throat> but, um, um, yeah, I wonder where he will so, end up. He'll, he'll end up somewhere like towards the top end of the championship, won't he? Yeah, he will. Good, he will. He'll probably end up with someone like Fulham. In fact, Fulham, with their goal drought, is probably exactly the place... It's not a bad shot, actually. Um, shot. Anyway, so... You had a couple of players that you read out to me. Yes. Um, some lone players from the Premier League. I threw in another one that isn't linked, however, I think should be. Mm. Um, the one that I had linked is Dylan Marconde mm. from Tottenham Hotspur. Obviously, I'm a Tottenham fan. Or, well, I'm, I grew up a Tottenham fan. Um, I am, okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm a Tottenham fan. I just, I'm extremely fond of Blues as well. Um, he's a very good player. But his route to the first team is, you know, he's behind the likes of Hung Min Son and Lucas Moore and Steven Bergvine and Brian Hill and Tangi and Dombele and Deli Ali and mm. all, Giovanni Lacelso behind all these players. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Sorry. So um, he's stated his intention to leave the club permanently, not just on loan. Mm. So uh, it looks as though he could uh, sign for a championship club. A couple of championship clubs have already um, made inquiries to Tottenham Hotspur about his services uh one of them being I think I remember reading that Reading and Millwall both Mm. had made some inquiries into him uh but I think Blues could do a whole lot worse he's the first British Asian player to get any minutes in the Premier League when he came on off the bench in the 90th minute 
um, a few a few weeks ago. I think it was actually under Jose Mourinho at the time when Spurs still had Jose at the time. Um, mm. Yeah, I think he'd be a great option. But who you you? I think you mentioned Sam Greenwood from Leeds. He's the only one that I recognised. Yeah, yeah. He's he's um, obviously very comfortable in that number ten role. Um, um, he's nineteen years of age. Um, one one to look at. I don't actually know if he's how how many minutes he's had so far this season for Leeds. But again, um, being part of that setup, you imagine he's full of energy and, and would would offer us that that pressing side of the game as well as being able to to sort of make things happen in the hole behind behind a striker. It would be quite a nice little foil, perhaps, for the likes of Troy Deeney and uh, Lukas Jukovic up top to have a, uh, a quick number 10 buzzing around for those uh, second balls and things. It's an interesting one to consider. Another one on this list was uh, Bruno Jordao, um, who is uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers, who, of course, we've already got two players uh, on loan from this season in uh, Matty Sarkic uh, and Dion Sanderson. Um yeah, this is an interesting young player. He's played for Lazio and Portugal under 21s. Um, doesn't seem to be getting that many minutes, though, now at 23. It seems like he's started to be frozen out a little bit by Wolves. So another player that perhaps could do with, with revitalising his career and, and, you know, getting out there and getting some minutes. Um, what was his name again? His name is Bruno Jordao. Bruno Jordao. Okay. Yeah, one to consider. Uh, the final one on this list was Hannibal Mejbri. Um, um, who looks like quite an interesting little player, to be honest. Um, he's been capped. How many does it say? Here? Nine, nine times, times, isn't it? By by Tunisia. Sorry. Um, yeah, he's he's also at Man United, and of course, uh, Man United will be more than aware of Chong's progress in those first few months at, at Blues before his injury. Um, well, talking because... of talking of Chong, very briefly, mm. I've actually read that he's a. Uh... He's recovered ahead of schedule and could be sent back to Blues for these. Now that would be incredible news. That would be a really big lift for us. Um, and then again, Chong could definitely can play that a similar ultimate degree. So that that would be a huge, huge sign. And of course, if there's already an agreement in place there, then that that's that means we don't have to go and get another dibs. player. First dibs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and would save us a bit of money. We wouldn't have to go and get another player in. So. That's that's it's just a rumor going around. I don't well, no, it's, I don't it's know all, how true it is. It's all interesting speculation. The one thing that is for sure is that we need a player that can play in that Absolutely advanced role, is. that is comfortable on the ball, can deal with the physicality, um, and just keep the ball in those advanced areas. We're okay out wide, I think, in that regard. Like Jeremy Bell is quite good on the ball and can deliver a good cross. But there's something about having a player that can just be in that central zone behind a striker and just hold on to the ball. If we're gonna lose. If we don't replace McGree, then we need to change the system that we have. I think we'd need to go to a back four. Even if we went to a 4 4 2 and Hogan played off Deeney and like dropped into the hole. That's mm. the only thing I can see that, mm. that, that, that would, you know, and then we need someone to, we need to bring someone in to play on the right because obviously it looks like we're going to try and get rid of uh, Ivan Sanchez, who would yeah. have been that in that berth. If mm. Chong came in, then it would be him, Chong on the right. Bella on the left, two central midfielders, some combination of Ryan Woods and uh, Craig Gardner would probably be the the ideal one, as we also reportedly look to try and offload uh, top owners like Ivan Sunjic. Mm. Mm. Um, and then yeah, apparently Pedersen, Pedersen's not going to extend his contract as well, yeah. Yeah. so he'll be free to sign a pre-contract agreement from January the 1st with foreign clubs. And then I think it's from, I think it's in in uh in march or is in may that he can then mm. sign a, a, a pre-contract agreement with anyone in the uk um and he's one of the he's one of the he's a player that i think every championship team would take mm. oh, without yeah. fail yeah 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 i mean pedersen um is an interesting one because he sort of when he first joined under gary monkey was it was, his performance were very, very good. He was very impressive and actually had a, he was linked to, uh, to Watford in, in, I think, only six months after he joined Birmingham. Um, Watford were very interested in him. Uh, and I think since then, actually, he's, I don't think he's quite hit those same levels again. He still has the odd performance where, you know, he plays very well. But, but I feel like he's struggled a little bit with being flitted between being a left back uh, and being a left sided centre back in a three. Certainly a bit, um, a bit of a defensive utility man. Exactly, exactly, and and I think that that is another string to his bow in in a sense. Um, but you're absolutely right. I think he's got the physicality to 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 slot into any team and that versatility uh, to help any team in the league. 
Um, Should yeah. we talk about some other outgoings quickly? Go for it. So uh, I'm reading Birmingham Live at the moment. So it looks as though uh, the that Bruno Large, the Wolverhampton Wanderers boss, is seriously considering uh, bringing Dion Sanderson back, uh, recalling him from his loan oh, as well. And, and the reasoning behind it apparently seems to be the African Cup of Nations with Roman Saiz and Willy Bolly oh, yeah. both leaving the club uh, mm. to go away with Morocco and, and the Ivory Coast, which means they'll miss about five weeks of, the, of Wolves' season, which would leave them with just uh, Leander Dendonka, for Fernando Marçal and Kijana Herver as um, senior uh, centre-backs and Maximilian Kilman as well. Blimey. Um, so, you know, and first of all, Kijana Herver is a, is a wing-back. Dendonka is a central midfielder who'd be playing centre-back. So, you know, that's really... That's one. Is Connor Cody injured at the moment? Connor Cody's got an injury at the moment. Oh, man. Well, that, that would be a disaster. <laughs> it would <laughs> because, be. It would. Because... Well, obviously, we know that Harley Dean has been listed for, for transfer. Um, clearly, Bowyer doesn't fancy him in, in his system. So I said to him, look, you're free to look to, for a move. If we lost both Dean and Sanderson, I think yeah, that would be panic stations a little bit then. Well, um, I mean, obviously, we know we've got Mitchell, Mitchell Roberts, who hmm. will certainly, I believe, will probably play a bigger role uh, in the second half of the season, without a doubt. Hmm. But if we, lost, if we lost both, if we only lost Harley Dean... Then that's what then that would be the role that Roberts came in to do. Mitchell Roberts came in to do, yeah. which would be the, the backup to Friend and um, Pedersen if he played at centre back and Sanderson. I think it's just it, it. Obviously, we know that the financials are very very slim for us at Blues. Well, yeah, cl- clearly some need to be moved out to, to create that little bit of wiggle room to to get some in. Yeah. Um, so let's let's so. What do we need? So I think we've also been linked to a player at Swansea. I can't remember his name now. I haven't got it up on my screen. Jake Bidwell, yeah. Um, That's the one. That was uh, He's obviously a, a left-back and left-sided defender that can replace Pedersen. Um, well, that's probably what it would be, wouldn't it? At the end of the season, that's, that's probably more what that's looking towards. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, 28 years of age... Um, it just looks like a solid championship signing to me. And I, I, again, it would depend on how much money is required. But if you can, if we can make something happen there, that's, that's not too bad. The wages aren't too bad. It just looks like just a solid addition to the squad. Nothing that's going to set the world alight, but you know, a solid replacement. Um, if Pedersen were to leave, I, I can't have any complaints with that one personally. Um, yeah, it, it makes sense from my perspective. Yeah, no, yeah, me too. I completely agree. Um, but other than that, I haven't seen too many links. It does certainly seem like it's going to be quite the boring January, mostly outgoings for yeah. us. Yeah, well, we, we were linked with uh, a young centre-back at Fleetwood Town, James Hill, but he has been linked with moves to... He's been linked to the Premier League and he's been linked to, even to the big continent. teams. <laughs> so I, I think if he chooses to come to Blues, he certainly needs a brain scan. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I think the only way that that sort of move would happen is if he agrees to join Man United or something, and then we can. And then comes to us on loan. Yeah, that's the only way that it would happen. I think that would make sense. Um, sense. He looks like a good young player. If anybody got in there a bit earlier before these other big boys started swarming, but um, yeah, it's it's been a bit quiet, which in some ways I think can sometimes be a good thing. There were there was a time where. Blues transfer rumors were all everywhere all the time, and and you know. A lot of the times, I think that means that deals can be hijacked and it can drive prices up. I think keeping your cards close to your chest, things like the Tahith Chung signing. Um, well, we saw right. Gary Gary Gardner was had a very we we said that he had a very good uh, summer transfer window. So we kind of with with a very slim budget, so we kind of need him to do the same thing again, don't we? Do you mean Craig? Gary's Gary's busy. Gary's on playing. Craig Gardner. Gary's too confused. busy. Gary's too busy getting red cards every five seconds. Yeah, but you, when you get a red card, then he can go sit in the board and start doing transfers. <laughs> he just sits tell, over his brother. Tell Craig what to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he just oversees his older brother. That's no, you're doing. absolutely right. Though we know that Craig Gardner, I think, had quietly had a good uh, transfer window with not much money to spend um, over the summer. We just hope that he can work that magic again. Keep his cards close to his chest. Get a few deals done quietly and sensibly 
um, and decisively, most importantly, but, you know, act quickly um, for the for the right players at the right price. Difficult balancing act. And I, I know off air I had a little bit of a rant about it. I feel for Lee Boyer in all of this because clearly promises were made from the top that there would be some money to spend to make the team competitive, to try to start to build towards a playoff push. Um, and it, his frustration is, is palpable in, in interviews over the last few weeks and months because clearly there's been a breakdown or some broken promises there. Um, and he feels hard done by. The thing is, are we surprised? Well, no, I mean, it's not really. <laughs> it's, that, I think <laughs> that's, that's the ultimate. Thing. That's the ultimate tragedy here, isn't it? That it's we've got owners that clearly um, don't care. Well, either they don't care or that they, they see what's happening at Derby and they've 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 fallen foul of FFP themselves only a few years ago. Maybe they're a bit worried or paranoid. Clearly, there's something going on with the finances that we are not privy to. If we can't hold on to Riley McGree who's going to Charlotte FC. Look, Charlotte FC are a well-backed, wealthy... Can I just say, I'm very, I'm very surprised that another team in the Championship didn't try and go to Charlotte FC and hijack yeah. Blues yeah. and say, look, we'll sign him. This is the money we can spend on him. A team mm. like... Imagine, okay, we were talking about Fulham and we were talking about uh, well, even West Brom, about how they, they need creativity in the, in the midfield because they're, they're, they're struggling for goals. Mm. Imagine Riley McGree in that Fulham team in the hole over that young mm. Carvalho kid. That would be unreal. Yeah, yeah, unreal. Yeah, you could definitely do it. Definitely do a job. It, it, it's just, it's clearly, it, it's mad to me because I got the impression from Riley McGree's farewell videos and interviews and stuff that he's very, very fond of the club. And if only if the finances had been right, I think that that deal could have been could have happened. But but clearly, we don't have the financial clout to to make it happen. Um, the fact that we're having to let players go, like. Harley Dean, Ivan Sanchez, um, you know, this doesn't bode well, does it? Does Ivan Sunjic, well. they're even looking at because he's on the slightly higher wages. It, it, exactly, it makes you just wonder, it makes you worry a little bit about what's really going on financially at the club. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Juki leave. I, I don't well, want him to go. It. I don't. I wouldn't want him to go either. And I actually think that he's quite settled in the area, go, though, from what it? I've read. His, his family, you know, he's had a couple of kids uh, since moving here, and his wife's very settled. Duke won't want to go, but if he has to go because the, the club needs to get him off the bill, and he'll do it for the club. But he actually, he yeah, he will do it for the club. Yeah. Um, personally, I, I, as like I said, I know I was lambasted for it. I think for his footballing career, so he could probably get somewhere. He could probably even drop down to League One, and he'd start every week and score quite a few goals for someone. But I quite like having him here as an option. Um, I'd rather hold on to him. But um, I remember we were at a game where I, I selected the seats. I selected the awful seats. Um, <laughs> blues, but we were right next to the bench and watching him all game. He was, mm-hmm. uh, he looks like he's going to become a manager. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the in the Blues coaching setup in the next few years, even if he was to leave, mm. come back to Blues and be in yeah. the coaching setup yeah. of Blues. I th- that's a really good point. I, th- I think it's it would be a shame to let him leave, and uh, of course, it would be great for him to, to stay and to sort of build that role. And I know he's, he's in interviews, he said he's been working on his coaching badges, but for him to have an opportunity to do that at Blues, uh. I, th- I think would be would be great and to keep him around what an inspiration for younger players because he's, he's not just obviously the type of player he is and what he can teach players but great he's got a good character he's a fighter and, and I think that's a really important thing to be able to impart onto younger players is to have that 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 stubbornness and that that willingness to 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 just run and run and run and fight until the last whistle it's you know to, to impart that and make that part of the culture at the club um he, he would be a big miss if he went um, but, you know, the Troy Deeney and Scott Hogan partnership has shown signs of, of really working and it's difficult to unseat that, um, you know, when when they have shown signs. signs our problems have clearly been defensively, um, but that's a, that's, a, that's a whole other debate. Um, yeah, it's going to be a weird January transfer window. I, I hope, as I say, that we can go about it in a quiet, considered manner um, and, and move those players out, free up a few wages, free up a bit of money, and even just get a couple of signings in just to, just in those key areas um, just to get us over the line. It, difficult to say what will happen the rest of the season. I think we're lucky that Derby and Barnsley are, are where they are. Um, I can't see Peterborough having enough to catch us. There are other teams that will get sucked in before us, I'd imagine. I suppose we just, part- we, I mean, we just have to wait and see. It, we really we really don't know, but it doesn't. the situation doesn't look amazing. No, it, it doesn't it, look it, very... It, it doesn't, that was it. I was going. My long, my point is going to be longer term. It doesn't look great. I mean, we will probably be okay this season. We'll scrape by, but 
yeah, what happens after that? <laughs> Remains to be seen, doesn't it? Remains it does. to be seen. It does. Good Lord. Good Lord. We're all in this together, Blues fans. We are all in this together. Um, I know it's it's the monotony of scraping by in the championship every season. It's grating and it's tough and it's just draining at times. But we've got a good manager in Lee Bowyer, I think, a manager that, that can can do good things. We've just got to hope that things at the club start to turn around. And if they made some moves earlier in the season, you know, better communication with the fans, they're finally sorting the ground out. And there are small steps being made, but it's it's going to be slow progress. We've got to stick together, as you say, and and hopefully, hopefully, in a, a, a couple of years' time, we'll be starting to think about playoffs. Hopefully, hopefully. We Wish we're thinking, maybe. It's all we can say. Yes, indeed, indeed. Anyway. Indeed. Anything else to add, Alex? Yeah, I was going to say, um, the only thing to add is if this is your first time listening to the Royal Blue Podcast, please do follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Royal Blue Pod. Uh, you can also email us at royalbluepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're happy to discuss any opinions, any cool stories, football stories from any league around the world. We just like talking about football and we don't really prepare these shows, as you can tell. So anything you can send us that could fill a few minutes, that'd be fantastic. Thank you. That'd be great. <laughs> feel free. Feel free to contact us with any kind of weird things about football or any weird things in general, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're happy to get weird up in here. Just let's get weird up in here, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, in until next time uh, and well it, it is going to be very tough but as always we've got to make sure that we keep right on absolutely mate and I will echo those sentiments keep right on